For episode six, we have Aaron Johnson, who is an audio engineer and a podcaster. The Cascadian Beer Podcast is Aaron's, but he is also involved with over a dozen other podcasts. We also discuss a project called Jar Audio, which sees Aaron and a few other individuals helping other businesses launch their own podcast. This episode was ultra valuable to me, not only as an audience member, but as someone who is trying to put together a successful podcast. So naturally, I learned a lot from this episode. And one thing I've been working on in the background of the show is to supplement the material in each episode, I've been writing a blog post per episode. And this generally includes emphasis on what I've learned, things that went on during the recording or publishing of the episode, insight into everything that I've done up until now. And I also give, it also gives me an opportunity to reshare everything that the guests have to offer. So please check out the blog. You can do it of two ways. On our website, amalgampodcast.com slash blog. Or you can hit the menu button in the top left and hit blog. The other way is the Apple News app. If you're on iOS, check out Amalgam Podcast blog in the Apple News app. So if you will, after this episode, please check out the blog. I'd much appreciate it. And enjoy. Welcome, everybody, to the Amalgam Podcast. This is the sixth episode. I have an old friend, Aaron Johnson, with me. He's an audio engineer, a podcaster, and he's a creator of Sound in the Silence Between. What's going on, Aaron? How you doing, man? Hey, Corbin. Good to hear from you, buddy. Thank you very, very much. It's been a while. Yeah, I know. It's been, uh, we were trying to count that down before we started the podcast, and it was, Aaron came up with about 14 years, which... Doesn't feel like that long, but no, no, it's, um, it's amazing what happens in that time span. So. Yeah. And, and you have been very busy. Can you yes. talk about some of the podcasts you're involved with? You've, you've got a few. Yeah. So, um, my own podcast, which started as a hobby and then kind of spun off into other things, um, is the Cascadian beer podcast mm-hmm. where I travel around the Pacific Northwest and get the backstories on the breweries. So, it's not a beer review show. I don't personally believe in beer reviews. I think you should just try it and see what you like. Right. A little subjective. Uh, yeah. And I am interested in the small business story because I lived in New Zealand for a number of years and there was actually this um, event that I, I can trace back to the seed of this idea starting. Awesome. A friend and I uh, were, you know, we just had Friday drinks together all the time at each other's places. We were so excited that this new brew pub was opening up in Auckland where we were living, like right downtown. So we went rushing down there on uh, opening night and none of their beer was on tap. And we're like, well, we'll let you guys open. <laughs> um, so we Dang. got a bottle, we got a bottle of something out of the fridge. And then I saw the owner of the place, um, who I randomly met like a week or so earlier, um, starting to mash in, um, on the uh, brew system. So he's starting to make a brew. And so we poked our heads back and I went, Hey man, how you doing? And he goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. All good. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, sweet. How long you been brewing? All first batch right here. Oh, cool. 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 How long you been a home brewer for? Oh, first batch right here. (laughs) And I go, Whoa. And I like, I was home brewing at the time too. And I mean, I was making okay beer, but I wasn't like, ready to scale that up by any yeah means. that's a that's a um, jump for sure holy yeah smokes. and and so i said sweet how'd you learn how to brew and he goes oh i read a book mm. 
Oh, nice. nice. Okay. And then I asked him, cool, how are you financing this? And he goes, oh, I remortgaged the house. Wife's not that happy. Ooh, dude. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and I'm, I literally watched this guy make his first batch of beer on, uh, I think it was like a seven or 10 barrel system. Okay. So what is, is that uh, in, in the grand scheme of things? How big the grand is that? I, I, I always get confused because I always talk barrels with everybody, but then mm -hmm. like, I have the struggle of remembering the actual size between because I work in metric and imperial too. So let's see here. Ah, uh, you've changed. It, yeah. <laughs> just yes. A barrel is roughly 26 US gallons. Okay. So yeah. So, so times that by seven yeah. times. Yeah. So yeah. So, so, you know. And the mortgage and all of yeah. the, everything else involved. That's a lot. That's a lot to ride on the first batch of beer. But yeah, I, I, so I watched this guy make his first batch of beer and, and sadly he was, um, he was done after two years. So, okay. um, but, uh, but that story always stuck in the back of my mind and I found myself whenever I went to a new brewery, kind of seeking out the management or just asking members of staff and just very curious about the story about how they started. And so then, um, I moved, uh, back to the Pacific Northwest and, was kind of looking for a new project to do and wanted to kind of get into more uh, interview styles because I'd mostly been doing like music interviews previous to that. And I was kind of looking for kind of mini documentaries and, and getting into that style more. And so it was just a fun hobby. And, and from that's kind of spun off into other things, which is uh, pretty exciting. Yeah. And, and a couple of those other things are you were talking about two other podcasts. You have Aaron the Tech and Jar Audio, right? Yes. So Aaron the Tech started first. So yeah, actually uh, coming up here in the next couple of days uh, when we're recording this episode, I actually uh, was let go from a, a job that I had here in uh, Vancouver, BC in broadcasting, um, just financial shuffles and, you know, it's right. happens. Happens, um, yeah. And I came home pretty bummed that day thinking, oh, what am I going to do, right? Like, because I knew everything in my field wasn't quite open at the time, I guess is okay. the right word. Like, like the opportunities weren't quite there. And I didn't make a public announcement of anything. And somebody called me up that day and went, hey, man, I love the sound of your beer podcast. Can you make mine sound like that? Yeah, that's awesome. And I went, sure. Yeah, I can do that. Okay. Um, so that's kind of how it started. And then they referred somebody else to me and then they referred somebody else to me. And then. So is that the started. real kickoff of your freelance audio? Cause are you freelancing audio engineering essentially, right? Similar yeah. To, okay. So is that what really kicked off the freelance part or have you always done freelance? Uh, there, you know, there's, uh, like there's been some like side music projects for friends, like doing right, right. You know, just mix downs for them and, and mastering and helping you know, recording, them. recording people. And then just my odd thing, but this is, this has been the most serious employment, uh, in terms of working for myself. And now I'm sitting at 15 clients and yeah, it's, it's been a year and, uh, yeah. So yeah, it's, That's amazing. it's coming, it's coming up to a year and, um, something that I'm really excited to say is, um, my work that I do each week just from my laptop is now reaching roughly a million people a month. Um, That's in incredible. That's incredible. Yeah. yeah. And how many how many total shows? I'm sorry that you say 15 clients, but that that's all podcasts, or would that be? Yeah, yeah. So that 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 be 15 individual podcasts. That's awesome. Um, which will yeah. collectively reaches over a million. Um, yeah. A month. Yeah. yeah. That's that's awesome. 
That's yeah. cool. So you're the, you're the exact person I need to talk to. I need that to happen here. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's make that happen. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I'm just joking. We, um, small baby steps. Yes. Uh, yes. Little steps always help. Yeah. yeah. I need to learn how to interview people before I can expect anybody to follow. <laughs> well, so, okay. So podcast recommendation right off. Um, go for it. It's let's called, it. it's called, it's called the turnaround. And yeah, he interviews interviewers about interviewing. Interviews people who interview others themselves about yeah. the job of interviewing. That's yes. awesome. That's yeah. and it's and what was it called again? The turnaround. The turnaround. Okay. Yeah. Um, which uh, one of my clients, uh, the Solution Podcast, uh, interviewed the host. Nice. Yeah, that's great. It's interesting, and I always think about when I first started really listening to podcasts was not was a while ago, but not that long ago, considering how long they've been around and. I yeah. think, I don't know. I think it's going to start to replace a lot of things that we just, I mean, TV, cable television, things like that. I think our generation is going to see some, it's almost like we're going back to talk radio from like the twenties or something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where well, we, so he, like I've worked in both radio and television. Um, yeah. For, let's hear your, your perspective. Yeah. For over, over, what is it? Over 15 years now, I want to say. It's a um, long time. And yeah, so I started in radio and I always, I always kind of had a fascination with radio and music and I don't, I don't know where the radio came in exactly, but I do, you know, remember listening to the morning radio program. It was Larry and Willie on Fox coming from Vancouver, because um, for those that don't know, uh, Bellingham, where Corbin and I grew up is right on the border with Canada. So right. you, you get Canadian frequencies over the border and that you can tune into. Yep. And so, you know, I'd listen, I'd listen to the, you know, bits of the morning show on, on the way to school. And yeah, um, there was their newsreader just, uh, has an amazing voice and he really like, I, I think, well, yeah, he, he inspired me really to get into radio. Oh, ah, okay. Um, and funny enough, uh, I ended up working with him, um, oh, at, great. at the station that I was at before. So his name's Carrie Marshall and yeah, it's, it's been really great to know him <laughs> and get that exposure and that real yeah, world experience. It, That's amazing. Exactly. And it's just funny that, that, that the world just kind of does that, right? Like, right. Yeah. Like, like here, like I'm working with the guy that got me, you know, kind of, yeah, exactly. Kind of planted the idea of getting into radio to some extent. Yeah. And you um, listen to as a kid. And then next thing you know, you, you're on a professional level with this person. That's awesome. Yeah. And it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And then like, I also like, you know, uh, at a very young age, got to w work for one of the local radio stations um, in Bellingham as well that I listened to. So, right. Yeah. It's just, it's, I've, I've been pretty lucky in that sense. When it comes to your broadcasting experience in, I'm sorry, correct me, where you were in Vancouver, BC for the broadcasting company, were you working in Canada or where, where were you when you were working with just a broadcasting company? So let's see here. So I, I, uh, how about, I, how about I go back to my to the, to the beginning here of, uh, yeah. <laughs> so I started in radio just after I turned 15 and that was with Cugs, um, which is a college radio station in Bellingham. And, uh, I went in there and made a, a, a really, um, crappy album that <laughs> I thought was awesome at the time and, uh, accidentally met the program director there and he, we just started having a conversation and he said, Hey, you know what? Uh, I really like you. Here's a form, fill it out and uh, we'll see if we can get you on the air. And they put me on five o'clock drive on Fridays. Wow. That's um, a good spot. 
yeah, it was, it was, uh, the name of the show was just kind of the rotator show where all the new people come in and, you know, learn, basically learn on the air, how uh, to, how, how yeah. to be radio. That's intimidating. And, yeah. Just ever so slightly. And, and, <laughs> and, and no better way to like crush your confidence yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> faster. Yeah. Um, because you walk in there like, oh, yeah, this is easy. And then like the minute the mic goes on, you're like, oh, <laughs> you, you just wait freeze. a minute. You, well, yeah, you just forget. Oh, all right. How do I talk again? Yeah. Uh, and there was no automation system as well at Cugs at the time. I think there might be now. I haven't I haven't been up to see. But so you physically had to like go into their music library and pick out CDs and records to play on your show. And really and, prepare. And, and prepare. Yeah, because... Uh, they gave usually it was a two hour slot, but they gave me and somebody else like an hour split each. So you had to program an hour of music uh, because they didn't have commercials either because it's a nonprofit. So they okay. like they had, um, you know, PSAs that you had to read out on air, but there there was no real commercial spots beyond that. Yeah, it's either would you take the liberty sometimes and just monologue for a while or were you pretty pretty straightforward uh, with just music or no, did they want pretty, you to was, do that well no I was, I was pretty straightforward with music and you know met some other guys at the station and it was around the time i was exploring new genres and music as well and they invited me up uh onto their show and yeah kind of learned how to mix records together with them uh which kind of spun a dj career which uh has, has also been pretty interesting cugs has has been amazing and you know, I, I say if anybody really wants to take it seriously um, in terms of being a broadcaster, you need to start in college radio. Um, mm, that's it's, a good it's a, lesson. It's, and it's a beautiful art form um, that, you know, sadly is kind of drying up. You know, so support your local stations as much as possible. Um, like community radio, you know, if, uh, is, right. is amazing as well. And the, there's just uh, there's all these little stations throughout North America that uh, do amazing programming, but, you know, they have a hard time reaching a wider audience, but it's a, it's a beautiful environment to learn how to just be on air and talk into a microphone. And, and it's so supportive. No, so, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. And so from that great wealth of experience, what, what happened next? Where did you go next? Uh, so I then went to the local radio group in town, started getting some shifts there. Uh, it was mostly overnight weekend shifts. And then, during the summer, picked up other shifts when I wasn't in school and then uh, graduated uh, with you. And yep. um, I believe from memory, I was the only one in our graduating class that was actually leaving the continent uh, for school. Is that right? Yeah. That, and yeah. maybe some people, you know, a year or two after graduation, but you must have, you were the only one right away yeah. getting out of there. <laughs> yeah. Like, cause I, I pretty, I pretty much made up my mind like, um, sophomore year in high school of like, this is what, this is what I'm going to do. And I wanted to study audio engineering. Okay. Um, I, I had a, you know, a, a fantasy of being that guy in the recording studio and recording bands and, yep. you know, mixing music down and, and being a creative myself, making my own music and, and doing all that. And then I went, well, okay, well, I don't think four years of college is a, a fit for me. And so I started exploring around and found this uh, institute that was global called the School of Audio Engineering, uh, okay. SAE. 
Right. Um, and I saw that they had a, a school in New Zealand. And I went, ah, well, you know, I want to travel a little bit. I probably won't go to New Zealand any other way. And the style of music that I was really heavily into and DJing a lot at the time is called drum and bass. Okay. Um, and drum and bass was really getting big in New Zealand. And so I went, hmm, well, this seems like it's kind of a nice opportunity for me. And then plus it was a year long course and was able to get a student visa for it um, very easily. Nice. And I went, well, you know, if I don't like it, I can just come back at the end of the year. <laughs> so, right. Yeah. Uh, and so moved to New Zealand and started studying and met amazing people through drum and bass and the various other music scenes in in New Zealand as well. Compared so. to the States, real quick, drum and bass, that's kind of electronica type. And, and forgive yeah. me if I slaughter any genre, oh, and, well, you know, no. technical names and whatnot. But I've noticed that in other countries, electronic music is a lot more popular. Like yeah, tens I mean, of tens times more popular than in the States. Do you have Oh, any- yeah. Especially um, at the time when I was into it. I mean, there is a video of... Uh, a mutual friend of ours, Nick and I at an assembly at our high school. Awesome. And, and I, and I did do a quick, uh, drum bass set in that, in that school. And I look at it, I'm just like, i I was just totally in the zone when I did that set. But I mean, like looking at the video, everybody is just, you know, it's that weird thing of you're so passionate about what you're doing and you're performing in front of people, but you're completely unaware of the cringeworthiness of, oh. <laughs> you know, yeah. everybody's like, okay, when's this going to stop? And, like, yeah. and, and, you know, Nick's emceeing over my set, and, you know, it's pretty funny, but, uh, yeah, I think I, yeah. I think I remember that a little bit now. I, but I know what you mean when, when you're really into something and you might yeah. be, performing is one thing, but maybe you're, you're simply just explaining something to somebody and you get jacked about it. But then the other person's like, I couldn't be any less interested in this. And it's like, ah, yeah. <laughs> but that there again is a lesson I learned and it really helped with my DJ sets. Um, because while I was doing radio as well, um, I was also working for a local company doing weddings and high school dances. Okay. And what I learned there is the ability to read the crowd and adjust accordingly because that that is something I've really picked up on in terms of, you know, great performers, you know, just any great creative talent where, you know, it's a form of entertainment. It is the ability to see what the crowd is doing and actually be tuned into that. Mm-hmm. And like, I've, I've seen amazing DJs that can do that. I've seen horrible DJs that are completely oblivious to their surroundings. Right. And you know that what they want or something versus yeah. Feeling the room. Yeah. And you know, and at the end of the day, you know, the, the entertainment industry of what it is, I mean, really the bottom line is you, you're just there to sell drinks, but yeah, um, right. Yeah. I mean, you're right. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, but also, you know, there is that group of people that really respect whatever art form it is that they've come to see you. Right. 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 And the people that appreciate that really let you know. And, um, right. Like, uh, somebody was saying, sorry to cut you off. Oh, it was Tim Ferriss. I was listening to him and he was talking about when you write a blog, it was simply his blog, but like you're writing for 10% of your audience because those are the hardcores. Those are the ones who are showing up every time they're reading everything. Those are the ones who are probably going to share word of mouth or something like that. So like if you can identify 
when and where to draw from the larger or smaller parts of your audience. That's part of the game. And that's interesting that you came away with that. And I've heard that before that um, a long time ago, uh, one of my dad's friends was talking about a DJ he knew. And he was explaining what the DJ was telling him about simply watching a room of people and seeing the course of a night. He can kind of influence the ebbs and flows of that. So it's it's always been a cool job to me as a DJ. That would be one of the coolest jobs ever. So yeah, well, you- and but but yeah, like yeah, reading the reading the room. I mean, there are general rules um, that I've found throughout the night of just how things kind of naturally progress. But you know, there's also other factors that could play into things, and you need to be alert to right. you know to read into that. And yeah, like just, just reading, just reading, reading your audience is, um, something that I've really learned from, from doing that experience. Absolutely. So you're in New Zealand at SAE, right? Yep. Then you obviously finish, you graduate and then is that, that's when you move back or do you stay in New Zealand for a while? No, I was in New Zealand for eight years in total. Awesome. Um, I got a job with one of the national TV stations. Nice. Um, and started as a presentation director. So basically was just in charge of uh, programming play out, making sure all the commercials and segments of programs ran on time and we were broadcasting throughout the country Um, and then moved into actually behind the scenes of the news program and looked after everything coming in and out of the building uh, in terms of uh, live video and um, they're called line feeds where um, video stories are like raw video or cut stories are sent in through um, our bureaus throughout the country or just transfer points where we have cameramen just basically drive up to a hut and plug their camera in and then send us video back in real time. Okay. Uh, and then also managing satellite links as well for whatever Dang. live event is going on. So in li- um, so live. So I mean, all yeah. of this is so it's stressful. Yeah. Um, you know, and like it was stressful at first, but I've kind of realized that I really like that deadline and working under pressure because nice. it kind of forced me into a different practice of, I only have a limited amount of time to make this work. And if I don't make this work, it's just going to be dead air. Right. Right. <laughs> uh, and like when breaking news happens, man, like I kind of learned to be very calm and, and, and patient and, just communicate clearly what was going on and we get to get the story to air. Yeah. That's awesome. And that sounds like a lot to be managing at once. I mean, all the different, all the different channels and the, I mean, I'm just trying to imagine it in my head. I'm thinking it's as simple as like, you're just queuing up videos, but where they're going and everything and directing all that traffic. And well, and, and it's not just that because there, you know, there's, there's two way communication that needs to be set up. So, uh, you know, just, just for like a live, for a live event for the news program, you have your reporter and then you have your cameraman and then they're on location. And more often than not, there's a link operator that is either taking care of a microwave link or a satellite link. And so you need to be on the phone with with the link operator to get up and running first. Then you get a hold of your cameraman and make sure, you know, white balance is correct and, right. you know, colors are correct. And then you need to establish a link with the reporter and make sure that they can hear the studio and they can hear you and, you know, right. when they're, when they're going to be on air. So they're not, they're picking their nose or whatever as we cut to them. So, <laughs> um, 
and no, that's a uh, lot that's it, a lot man it's it, yeah it's, so, it's, so it's just it's all these little steps and 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 making sure that you know everything's lined up and and ready to go and uh, then you pass that down to the studio and then the studio takes care of it and uh and then you say good night to them and and that's that so ah that's awesome yeah, <laughs> yeah. and and you did that in new zealand you said for yep. eight years or seven years um, yeah, it, it would have been, it would have been seven years with, nice. with them. Yeah. Yeah. I was in New Zealand eight years total. So awesome. And then you and then <laughs> started, started 15 podcasts. No, well, no, no, not, not quite. Um, so yes, yeah, so I moved back to the Pacific Northwest and, and, and it took a while to find full-time work in my field. Vancouver seemed to be a little bit more challenging than I had anticipated, but once I did, um, I was working for a uh, startup radio station, took care of uh, the morning program and uh, various other things around the station and was there for two years. And then, yeah, then uh, stopped, <laughs> stopped working there and started in freelance podcasting. It's awesome. And here we are. And here we are. So when it comes to a podcast, let's say I'm a, just a general person. I'm coming up to you, Aaron, I want help with my podcast. What did right. you say to me first? First thing I say is, what are you talking about? That's <laughs> in right? what is the content, what is the content right? that you're wanting to produce? Not, what are you talking about? No, it's yeah. yeah. Right. So, um, okay. I'm, I want to start a podcast about that. Me and my friends are really funny and we just want to start recording the times that we hang out. Right. Okay. So, I then say, right, so would you mind somebody you don't know being a fly on the wall privy to your conversation, if that's the case then? Right, and that makes them think of like, hmm, what am I even saying in those times, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, okay, cool. So, and that was just, that was part of, that was just kind of a little, I'm just joking around, but we were talking yeah. about this earlier in that you better have a purpose and you better yes. have a reason. And that's something that I, when I was bouncing off the ideas for this podcast, of course it started out just like that. Like I yes. just, it's real general. And yes. fortunately I had some people be very honest with me and say, Hey, you can't do that because no one knows who you are and no one cares. So, yeah. so anyways, um, and that's where, that's what started off the creatives and entrepreneurs for this podcast. Cause I thought that's, mm -hmm just focused enough that you know what you're getting into but just yeah it's it's finding your niche yeah it's finding your niche exactly so when you hear other podcasts as someone who produces them what do you look for or what do you notice first well right away to me podcasting is audio there seems to be a lot of people that think that you need to do video with your podcast right and I say no, because uh, where is the value-added content where, by doing video? Right. Um, I would not sit down for an hour and watch two guys on a Skype call just talking unedited. <laughs> yeah. like, like I don't know. Who, like, yeah, exactly. Like who? Who would? Right. Um, Nobody. You know, or just a locked-off shot. So I say, if you're going to do video, you need to be doing it correctly like you need to be cutting cameras you need to make your lighting good you know and sound good as well but is it is it really necessary i mean if you're doing if you're doing a you know a podcast about knitting or you know just something that needs a visual aspect to it 
then fine. But then it's not really a podcast. It's, it's a, you know, it's a more or less a television program at that point. Right. Right. So to me, podcasting is portable audio that you can listen to on demand at your own time. And so number one, you ha- you have, you have one job at this point and that's, and that's to make it sound good. Right. And you know, there's, you know, I mean, there, you, you kind of need to work out a budget and see what's best to, you know, to see where you can start from there. You know, just a minor investment in a decent microphone goes right. a long way than just trying to record it off your laptop. Yep, exactly. <laughs> no, yeah. I mean, just in my case, I bought a, a Yeti or a blue Yeti and it's seems, it probably seemed a little gimmicky to like the professional, but it's, mm-hmm. is great. And it was like 90 bucks and yeah. it's been doing me solid. And yeah, obviously I've priced out, you know, stuff to move forward in the event that there's some, some money to grow, but you're right. You just, you don't need to worry so much about looking the part. You need to be creating the content. Yeah. Um, because it, and, the, and the same goes for radio. You are having a conversation with an individual. One of my biggest pet peeves and something that was driven into me by various program directors over and over again in the early days of me being on radio is you're talking right. to the individual. You're not talking to the masses. Yes, it is broadcast as in you're reaching a wide audience, but the recipient is one singular person. So nothing drives me crazier than because I just see this now, like throughout various mediums of, Hey, everybody, right. you know, you need to think of the listener at that point, right? You know, it could, it, it's, if it's a podcast, it's more than likely one person with earbuds in on transit or in their car on their way to work. And immediately when I hear that, and there are various people that say, you know, when anybody hears that they immediately tune out as in, oh, they're not speaking to me. Ah, interesting. Uh, you know, they're talking to the herd rather than me. Ah. Uh, because because the whole, there is there's a, a surprising level of intimacy with audio that I find that you can really draw somebody in and really get them connected to that story or, you know, whatever it is that you're trying to present to them. Uh, so I agree. Uh, yeah. And so you know, just keeping, keeping in mind that you need to be speaking to the individual is probably the biggest tip I can give. That's anybody. awesome. That's so. great. I'm writing it down right now. That's for sure. <laughs> when I, you go to record the intro to the show, yeah, there it is, the post-it note. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just to kind of add to what you're talking about when people want to go straight to video, you know, that's definitely something I thought I should do. And again, I had some feedback from some people as I was trying to kind of source guess and kind of scope out how I'm even going to get this thing off the ground. I ended up talking with an individual who I hope will be on the show soon. We keep kind of going back and forth just because of timing. But anyways, he works at a place downtown called Community Minded TV. And Mm -hmm. they have essentially a studio where you can go and they have all these Macs set up that you can work on and they have all, they provide all the software, they provide everything. You just need to kind of set an appointment to come block an hour out to work. And you can also rent their area for these, you know, a couple hour block times where they will set up all the equipment you need. They will set up the cameras and the microphones and you just kind of need to bring your own furniture and bring your own guest. You know what I mean? Awesome. And yeah. 
And all you're paying for is the time you hit record to the time you hit stop record. And you, you know, so I was like, this is amazing. This is going to look so professional. This will be perfect. But like now in six episodes into the show, had I tried out of the gates to start something as big of a production as a full video and audio recording of the show, it would have been a disaster. It would have been so out Mm. of control and so un unorganized and unpracticed and it probably would have been really really demoralizing and it might have even stopped anything so i know exactly what you're talking about and well like and i also feel that people are quicker to judge poor visual over subpar audio ah probably because because right, totally. we're because we're very visual right and right. and you know what you can see something right away and you're like that's not right yeah you know, <laughs> um, yeah, you'd be able to pick it out right away that I never interviewed anybody ever with a camera in my face. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. And, and then also just like some, something else from my experience as well is I, I just feel like a lot of interviews that I've done, people just kind of forget that the microphone is in front of them when it's just a microphone and, and it becomes a more intimate conversation mm-hmm. rather than the intimidation of having a lens in your face. Yeah. Much more relaxed you're or not- bright lights in your face as well. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. And to just close that out, the goal for one of the things I would like to do at the show, if it grows, is I would like to figure out to get a sponsor for somebody to sponsor, like to start out once a month and maybe start introducing like a special video episode every yeah. once in a while, but it's a ways mm-hmm. down the road. But it, you, you try and keep things, you know, in front of your ideas in front of you just in case. But yeah. It's a, it's a cool, it's an amazing spot. And they actually, they'll broadcast, if you're a Comcast customer, they'll broadcast it on like awesome. channel 12 or 14 or something. But, mm-hmm. you know, so it, it's just, it was cool and it was a great space. So, okay, right. So I bought my mic. I've got the program on my computer. I'm ready to record. What, right. What's the next phase? Well, okay. So listen to your environment. <laughs> what What does your room sound like? Right. Uh, you know, it doesn't make sense to record something where there's going to be a lot of echoes going on. Like, you know, if you have wood floors, if you have, you know, just bright surfaces, like anything, anything flat, (laughs) basically Mm -hmm. that can reflect sound, you probably don't want to be recording in there. Bedrooms usually are a bit quieter. Some people I know record their podcasts in a closet. Yeah, Uh, (laughs) totally. And uh, and there's also some some products online too where you can actually put um, a housing over your microphone to make like a little portable voiceover booth, which is actually what I'm using right now to talk to you because I actually am in kind of a, an upright space. Yeah, um, it sounds amazing too. That's awesome. Yeah, and I think this thing cost me like seventy bucks. Yeah, to like to put on over my mic. So yeah, now you're yeah. a mobile a mobile recording station almost. Yeah. Yeah. Almost. Yeah. Like I've, I've used it, um, for a couple of clients where I've gone out and recorded for them, but, um, in the field. And yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, so, so listen to the room, uh, for my own podcast, like I am, I visit the breweries themselves and I'm, I'm there to get a feeling for the place and then also, you know, scope it out and we can talk about various things about their tasting room and, you know, just observations that I make, but I always make a point of, you know, cause I, everything I do is edited. So I cut out ums and ahs and pauses and, right. 
you know, any, any gaps or, you know, if we take a little break or have to reset or, you know, something interrupts us because, you know, they're, these are generally the business owners that I'm speaking to as well. So they get interrupted yeah, from time stuff, to time. Stuff's going to happen for sure. You know, stuff, stuff's going to happen. And I, I try and find as quiet of a space as possible. Now we've sat outside on a bench. If it's a quiet neighborhood, if there's nothing going on in the brewery, like we'll be in there. Um, but, a, but a big key thing too is, in my situation is I make sure the music is off wherever we are because any edits that you hear, you know, you'll, you'll hear the music skip in the background ah. and, then, and then plus I don't want to pay for the rights. Of <laughs> yeah. And then there's that for sure <laughs> of, of having the music in the background. Oh, totally. So, so, you know, having to track down, you know, who to pay in that, in that sense. Ooh, but, yeah. You might best avoided. Yeah. So, so listen to your environment. And, you know, let's make it as, as clear as you can and as quiet as you can. Mm -hmm. I was in Denver uh, over the summer for the Great American Beer Festival. And I, <laughs> I recorded my uh, voiceover for the episode in my hotel room uh, underneath the duvet uh, for the bed. <laughs> that's uh, awesome. that's so, so funny. Uh, and, and before I got like mic setups and properly as well. Like I used to record my voiceovers in the corner of the couch with a duvet over my head as well in my old apartment. Yeah. So, that's yeah. awesome. So, That'd be yeah. a funny sight to walk in. So that, that's the glamorous side of podcast. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Behind but, the scenes. Yes. But now I, but now I have um, a nice setup at home and uh, also have access to various voiceover areas as well. So I'm not sweating under a duvet anymore. So yeah. That's, yeah. Those days are gone. Yep. You've moved on. I wanted to make sure and ask you and, and make the audience aware of what's on your website to get a real, really nice example of what audio engineering does for audio. And could you want to talk about that a little bit and what that is? Yeah. So that is, so I have that clip up there um, as an example for anybody that's like wanting to work with me um, for, for me to be their podcasting editor. Mm -hmm. uh, and that is a clip that I did with uh, one of the breweries in Vancouver and they're in a warehouse with a big air conditioning unit rattling away in the background and you know, right. the coolers rattling away as well. And so, you know, I, I treat the sound by EQing stuff out using certain plugins like denoising plugins to uh, kind of eliminate white noise and background noise. And so, you know, that's basically an example of what you pay for when you get a professional audio engineer editor. Right. Uh, is is that ability to tidy up the sound as much as they can now you know the one little asterisk i'll put next to that is you can't polish a turd yeah uh, so no exactly you, you, you still you still want to make it sound as great as possible but i you, you know that's that's just an example of you know it's okay we can we can try and make this sound as good as it can but I, you know, it's always going to exactly sound what it, you're talking about. There's, yeah, it's always going to sound better the better you do it from the beginning. Right, so. right. And now, and I had this client one time, and he had this video footage, and he kept saying this one phrase: "Any real professional can zoom in on that footage and clear it out." Right, and it was like, yeah. "No, you can't," because you used the camera to capture the image. So the camera is what really starts, you know, where the boundaries of what you call quality or not, it all starts yeah. with your equipment. So no, 
you can't just say some professional person and insinuate I'm not professional or something like that. But it, it was just a weird, it was a huge learning experience as far as vetting clients are concerned. Um, yeah. Just one of those like, projects. A, like another one I've, I've heard as well is like, well, you know, such and such TV show, they shot all that on an iPhone for that one episode. Right. And, and I go, right. But they also had a thousand dollar rig to like, you know, be a steady cam for that iPhone. Not right. to mention the cameraman that has years of experience of how to get the shot. Right. And, and then the production team that did all the color correction on that. And, you know, all the scene editors. Oh, yeah. No, it's, <laughs> you know, it's, it's like not. It, it's, it's, it's not like, oh, I'm going to pick up an iPhone and make a movie. Like, no. no, there's you need to know the process and the working steps. So, you know, you need to know the actual practical, uh, you know, steps in order to create the final product. Right. So, and it doesn't matter what tools you use, you know, like what, what are you trying to achieve at the end of the day? Mm-hmm. What's your message? Exactly. Who's your audience? Yep. Um, mm-hmm. Know the you user. Know, how's it going to look? How's it going to sound? Right. You know, just have a plan. Like, yeah. And then work backwards from there. Set me straight on the statement or not. But I, I would think that for me, I'm going to learn by trial by fire. You know what I mean? And I'm going to oh, source yeah, yeah, yeah. as much as I can from people like you, people like Danny, people like Jonathan, who are, who have audio engineering experience. They have all of this experience. And so you got to, you got to take the plunge and produce some stuff, but then you also have to kind of attack it afterwards and make it better. And there is no substitution for actually doing the work. Right. Yeah. Right. So like, and, and there's no faster way to learn something than to just do it over and over again and, and continue to fail until you figure out, Oh, okay, well this is, this is what it's meant to sound like. Yeah. So like, you know, you mentioned Danny, who was uh, on your first episode, like, right. you know, like, like, like Danny came down to New Zealand and lived with me for a little while and we recorded stuff down there. And like, I, I listened to some of those demos of like music that we made together and I'm like, oh, God, mm, I should have EQ'd that better. Oh, I should have used this instead of right. that compressor. And, you know, and, 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 but then I have to remember, oh yeah, that was like, you know, seven years ago and yeah, I've your done first chops and stuff. Yeah. So it's like, I've, I've had seven years more of experience of, you know, refining my own process and, and trying to make things sound better. Yeah. And you know, there's no substitution for actually doing the work. Like, like what, well, like, what is that? It, it, in order to become a master at something, you need to do 10,000 hours of it. Right. You know? right. So yeah. And no. and then, you know, there are, there are the anomalies of people that just naturally are uh, good at things. Are, are, right. Are good at it. Yeah. But we but, talked about this in the third episode, sorry to cut you off, but yeah, there's a difference between the natural gifts and discipline. And if you yes. don't have the discipline, you know, the one millionth percentile will be saved by their natural abilities, but the rest of those people who can't put the work in, not going to succeed. Really mm-hmm. simple. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. And so like, you know, the example you were giving of like, oh, my friends and I have a conversation and we're just funny. It's like, well, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. You can't, you can't like, expect people to buy into that. Like who, who cares? You know, and that's, well, yeah, but like, you know, maybe you are, maybe you are funny, but you know, right. I mean, that, that is an example of, I, I, I tell a lot of people of, okay, like, well, you want to be an, an audio presenter, right? Like right. You should record some demos of yourself. A great example would be giving a presentation of, of some news article that speaks to you. You know, so, so you pick a news article that you really, really reflects on 
some meaning to you to some extent. Okay. So I want you to record a demo of you actually introing the article that you're about to read to me. Why should I care about it? Mm. Um, read a passage from said article and then explain why, you know, at the end of it and summarize it. So that and that's then a play great it idea. And then play it back and listen to yourself. Yeah. And and then send it to at least three trusted friends that you can actually get proper feedback from. You right. Know, honest. Not your friends are honest, honest feedback. So do you want to talk about some of the things that you've seen with it? I mean, obviously you've got a million people downloading or viewing your the content a month. Do you want to talk about those successes and what you and what you've learned from there? Yeah. So, I mean, a, a lot of those downloads can be <laughs> attributed to one client of mine who's seen rapid growth in their podcast, but it's interesting with just the wide variety of topics that I get to cover um, in terms of an editor. Like I learned so much, like, you know, everything from there's like lifestyle stuff to like a podcast that I mentioned earlier, the solution where um, actually uh, he's now a partner of mine in, in another venture. Um, nice. He does a podcast about uh, finding solutions in like kind of everyday problems. So he talks to problem solvers who saw a problem in their local community and came up with a solution for it. So that sounds awesome. Yeah. So that's the solution podcast. The solution um, podcast. Yeah. Then, and there's a woman called uh, Robin that does this uh, whole podcast about homeschooling. And I just had no idea. And I've learned nice. so much just from like homeschooling and unschooling just by listening to her podcast. And that's called uh, honey, I'm homeschooling the kids. So <laughs> that's, uh, that's awesome. That, that's a fun one to work with. Uh, another great one too would be called man talks where they, it's basically a, a community of men around North America. And, you know, they have a wide reach around the world because of the podcast, but it's just, their tagline is just uh, building better men. And it's all about like relationships and, you know, being, finding your purpose. And, and so, you know, there's great inspirational stuff that Connor does with and talks about with his guests uh, every week. And that, sound, that does sound good. And that's it, so some of that honest stuff where you you're talking about you know what it is to be a man or whatever and when i hear mm -hmm. man talk you know i think man talk and like guitar <laughs> stuff yeah you know yeah, and then yeah. it's like well and then you explain it and it's like oh that sounds nice <laughs> that sounds well, nice. well yeah yeah but like for you know it, it's it, it's it's trying to explore like what does it mean to be a man in modern society and what right. is the actual role of masculinity and then there's right. there's other topics too like you know, there, there are, uh, female guests on and, you know, and right. they talk about relationships and stuff from either side. So, I mean, that's it's, good. you know, it's definitely a great race resource. Um, and then, yeah, there's a couple other projects that just haven't quite launched yet, but they're kind of sitting there ready to go. So like, those are, those are some independent things that I work on. And then, so the second thing that I mentioned to where I have a partner on, uh, Roger and, uh, another friend of mine, uh, her name's Jen, uh, we've started this audio, uh, this company called jar audio. Right. And we are hired by companies to produce uh, branded podcasts for them. So uh, Jen has a background working for the National Film Board in Canada, worked for CBC, you know, has done various uh, wow. radio documentaries and, and is a storyteller and teaches creative writing um, at UBC. Wow, that's awesome. Um, and Roger's into marketing and advertising. And then myself, I'm the audio technical mm -hmm. guy. Mm -hmm. And yeah, we've been hired by companies to come in and help them produce podcast series. Uh, we've recently launched 
one um, that debuted. It got it, it peaked at uh, number two as the most popular podcast in Canada on the day of launch, which we're very happy about. Yeah, congratulations. That's awesome. Yeah. And so that one is called Well Now, and that's a podcast all about integrative health. And it's um, uh, from Sage Wellness is uh, the company behind it. But, okay. um, the, and that, that one's been, it's been excellent to work with them just because the, the content itself is just, again, it's, I find it so interesting because it's different things that I haven't really considered or thought about. Right. Um, and then a special note to that is I actually have also produced all the music and um, sound design in that uh, podcast. Cool. So, um, so I am actually using <laughs> some musical talents in there. Good. Yeah. yeah getting back to that expressive, expressive and creative. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, so yeah, check it out. Well, now it's, it's up and running and absolutely. Uh, and I'll make sure to get links to, I'm trying to, I started writing a blog post for each episode to discuss, mm -hmm. you know, for 10% of the audience, what I learned or like different behind the scene things. And well, we'll tell you what, we'll make this even easier for the listeners. I will send you all the uh, player codes. So, um, they have a playlist on the website and they can subscribe from the players if uh, they have a listen and, uh, see that's if awesome. Like yeah, yeah. That's, that's great. Yeah. And, 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 and I try and link as much as what we cover, anything the guest is working with or working on and try and just give people just, it simply just point them in that direction at the very yeah. least I can do. So make sure to get all that. So, uh, resources, resources. Yes. Yeah, let's do that before I got it. I got it. I know we're cutting it, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a busy man. Yeah, <laughs> you, you, very, you are. You sound everything you list out. You absolutely are very busy. And so, um, all right. So let's see resources. Uh, so I started my podcast. So, so this is all working backwards. Um, so what was something that we were talking about earlier? Uh, so how do you want it to sound at the end? Well, when I started my podcast, I wanted it to sound good. <laughs> and, right. And given, and given my experience of working with audio and various media for a number of years, um, I'm like, okay, I need to invest in some gear and then thinking about the final product, like, okay, how can I best set things up to make it sound as good as possible in the edit process? Uh, and for that, I quickly realized that I needed to, uh, to record individual channels. So I invested in a field recorder. It's a Zoom H5, and that is my workhorse without a doubt. It's a, it's a beautiful piece of kit. Where did I put it? <laughs> it's uh, it's it's a uh, it writes to an SD card. Awesome. Um, and uh, you can record uh, four channels simultaneously on this. So it comes what? with it comes with a stereo pair microphone with the kit. But the H five uh, is a version where that that the top part of the player can actually pop off, and you can buy other attachments for it. Oh. And so I also invested in this recorder because being the Cascadian Beer podcast, I really wanted to capture the sound of the Pacific Northwest and right. really bring people into the Pacific Northwest. So I really wanted to go out on natural sound design as well. Okay. So wherever I'm visiting, I actually do field recordings of the surrounding areas to really set the tone for that episode. That's awesome. So I'm actually recording stereo samples of you know, outside the brewery or, you know, on some hike or some, you know, woods or forest or, you know, just where, wherever I am, I'm like collecting these natural sounds. So that's cool. Yeah. 
That's very cool. That's a sounds like a great piece of equipment and mm-hmm. extra and so, versatile. Yeah. So the and the adapter um, that I was talking about, you can actually pl- uh, plug in four individual microphones if you wanted. Yeah. Uh, so I can have four separate channels recording um, simultaneously. Yeah, um, which is which, huge. That's yeah. That's a lot. I mean, in for those who don't know or understand mm-hmm. audio recording equipment and things like that, I bought a mic. And I could only buy one more mic and plug it into my computer at this point. So then I would have two channels. And so this piece of equipment he's talking about can effectively double that and it's portable. And I like the SD functionality. That's awesome. Yeah. And it, and it writes a uncompressed, uh, WAV file. So, you know, or, you know, or if you're limited on space because it is dependent on the size of your SD card, you know, you could write, Mm -hmm. um, B3, but you know, I'm, I'm not doing that. I'm writing at 1644 one uncompressed, right. which is like the highest resolution I think it can go. It might do 24 bit, but, but I, you know, I'm only doing 16 bit. Right. Which um, is, so. you know, you're going to notice that's going to sound mm-hmm. a lot. That's going to sound super clean. Yeah. And I mean, you know, yes, at the end of the day, uh, the podcast is being released as a 128 MP3 file, but I say, you know, you always want to start with the best that you possibly can because it actually will sound better once it gets crunched down. So absolutely. Well, and it's very yeah. similar to what a photographer shooting in raw or video yeah. in raw, you know, it's just, it's very similar to that. So, mm-hmm. so, so that's, the, so that's the workhorse. Um, and from there, I mean, so, and then also the, uh, the listener should know that this field recorder plugs in XLR microphones that's as well awesome. as, as well as uh, quarter inch uh, cables as well. So, if, if you're a musician, you can, you can plug in like a really good XLR mic and you can DI your guitar and actually record on separate channels with it. And I haven't, I haven't stated the reason why it's important to be on separate channels, but in the edit process, you might've heard a know, reason in the background of my mic well, right there. <laughs> well, hopefully you yeah. caught that in the edit. But, right. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, a reason why is if you're working with a stereo file, uh, or well, I should really say a mixed file, um, because truth be known, like um, I we're doing a double ender recording. That's that's what it's called, where I'm recording locally on my machine, and so are you. Mm-hmm. But I'm giving you a stereo file where your audio is on one channel and mine is on the other channel, so you can sync this up later in the editing editing mm-hmm. process. So if if that was mixed like a mono file, and we talked over each other, or you know, you just moved your microphone and there was rattling over my voice, right? Uh, you you wouldn't be able to get rid of that. Yeah, <laughs> there, no, there's, there's nothing right. you can do. And then like also from just doing my own interviews, there's times where I accidentally talk over the other guest or, you know, or they talk over me or, or whatnot. And there's just, there's just things to clean that up. Um, yeah. There's no and, shame. And I, you know, I'm and just full disclosure, these things you're talking about sometimes are moving ums or chopping yeah. it up a little bit. Cause we took a break or you want to, you know, you stumbled or whatever. There's no mm-hmm. shame in right. hiding that. I just, I, I'm, I'm never going to reorder the conversation is what I've told myself. It's, you know, the order of it is going to stay, but, um, Mm you're right. Cause you don't, you want it to be pleasing to the audience. You don't want the audience to kind of be like, Oh, they're trying to both talk at the same time. It's so awkward. Yeah. But, and then, and then it depends on your guest as well. You know, are, are they a great speaker or are they not? I mean, I won't say who, but one of, one of my guests on my podcast sent me a note and they listened to it and they went, 
wow, you really made me sound like an intelligent human being. Thank you. <laughs> so, That's I'm cool. Like, they appreciated it. And I'm like, well, no, it was a great conversation, but you know, they were nervous. They've never done it before. So, yeah. Yeah. you know, there was a lot of ums and ahs and pauses and stuff, but in the editing process, I went and cleaned up and, you know, and just tidied all that up and they were very appreciative of it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's awesome. Uh, you don't know what an SM58 is. It's basically the microphone you see pretty much anywhere on stage. And it it is, yeah, it, yeah. what else can I say? It's an industry standard microphone. Yep. It has been for years. Yep. So, you know, and, and that's, that's a pretty solid mic. Um, and then another thing I'll also say as well, always, always, always listen to your recording. So plug in headphones as you're recording. Yeah. And that's something I didn't know or didn't really think was going to be so important until I watched, you know, I was working the soundboard. I got to work with the guest, Jonathan, um, episode three and, mm-hmm. you know, work the soundboard while he performed. And so mm-hmm. I understood the importance of monitors for all the vocalists and everybody. Mm-hmm. And then the people listening to only certain instruments and the monitor and things like that. And that's when it, you get an idea of like, oh, you need to listen to yourself while you're doing yeah. this. And I have been doing that for this podcast as well. And there's been two episodes where I record with a guest live in front of me and I set them up with headphones and everything. And I know, and I say, mm-hmm. I know it's kind of, you know, I'm kind of being ultra serious and setting all this up, but it's really nice. Mm-hmm. Just trust me. And they, and they appreciate yeah. it for sure. And like from, from what I do with my interviews as well, like I don't want to intimidate the guests too much because there are some people that just hate the sound of their own voice or yeah. just yeah. are not used to hearing their own voice. So generally it's only me with, with headphones on, um, when I'm doing my interviews, uh, and just like simple practical things too, that you need to listen for, because you might, you might have a, a kink in your audio cable. Um, right. and so there might be a short, so you got this crackly sound and it's cutting in and out. And then you'll get home and you're like, wow, that was an amazing interview. Like it was like a three hour yeah. interview and yeah. the whole thing's ruined because, oh. you know, cause it's, it's choppy and there's like distortion in it or yeah. Another simple thing, like how loud are your levels? Right. Like is, is the mic distorting? You know, does it, does it sound terrible? <laughs> right. You, what you've listed out as far as equipment, you are ultra versatile. You're ready to roll at that point. You can do whatever you want. I mean, like, you know, let's talk US dollars. I mean, I think the Zoom H5 is going for 300 bucks now. You know, XLR cables are, you know, you can get that anywhere between like 10 bucks. Right, or seven bucks or whatever. You know, and then like uh, SM57, that'll set you back 80, 90 bucks. Um, So, you know, you're looking at, you know, roughly a $500 investment to start. Right. So, um, and, you know, including headphones as well. Like they don't need to be top of the line headphones. You can get away with earbuds. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's long as you have something to actually monitor your audio and then hear any issues, then that's fine. The, the way I look at it too, is if I'm making this investment, I'm going to make sure I use it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You want to, you want to get that value out of it. Of course. I mean, yeah, exactly. That's awesome. The, um, I priced out some stuff because I just wanted to know what it would look like if I tried to, you know, you get a board, you get, mm-hmm. you know, a couple mics and everything. And, you know, about $500 for minimum is kind of going to what you look at if you want to have that real official setup. And and, and it, it fits in a backpack. Like I'm running mm-hmm. around over town. I'm running around the Pacific Northwest with two microphones, two mic cables, 
and my zoom and my headphones and, Mm -hmm. and just rock up to a brewery and just sit down at the table and we just do an interview. That's amazing. Um, That's a really cool setup actually. Yeah. And it's battery powered. So, you know, always have spare batteries in your bag. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) So, yeah. Yeah. That might be one thing you do once and you never do again is not have enough. Yep. Well, okay, let's do, let's end on this then. I want to ask for this podcast, particularly now that you've been on it and you've talked to me about it, what would you do to improve this show? Okay. So yeah, I haven't heard the final edit of this show. So, so that's, that's one thing, but the, I mean, you've done an excellent job, Corbin. Um, Thank you've, you. I mean, you've done your research beforehand, which is key. Uh, you can't just rock up and just do an interview. I mean, it might appear that way, uh, by a lot of hosts and, and people that have studied journalism and actually been journalists can do that. But if you're just starting out in podcasting, you know, the research is key. Like where, where is this conversation going? Like, am I just going to listen to two guys ramble for however long? Right. Like where, where's the theme and where's the topic? So you've done that. Um, and, uh, just, I mean, te- the, the technical way that we are recording the show today is excellent because you're going to get an uncompressed file from me mm-hmm. of my local mic. Mm-hmm. You hopefully are recording the same on your end. Right. Um, yes. And then, and then you're just going to sync that up and away you go. But, you know, not every guest is like that. Um, yeah. So, again, trying to get the best audio quality possible. A lot of podcasters use Skype. Um, and there's other remote recording software out there that, you know, you can talk to anybody in the world and, and get a recording for the number one way. If somebody is able to record their own audio locally, I would say go that route. Yep. Not everybody can, but the one thing that everybody can do is at least plug earbuds into their laptop. Right. Yeah. And, or at least hold the phone up to their, up to their ear. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> because that improves the call quality vastly by doing that. Uh, there's nothing that drives me crazier than hearing an interview that was done on speakerphone. Yeah. And it's a lot. I mean, it it's, it's a lot. And more often than not, it's in a boardroom. And, and can I just say this to de- designers of offices everywhere? <laughs> Why are boardrooms the most echoey environments right. on earth? Right. And then they slap like these like very expensive speakerphone systems in there. And for the recipient on the other end, just it doesn't work yeah no i have no idea who's talking and yeah no those are those are tough i mean talk about like uncomfortable brutal people talking over each other those that is the worst yeah so i mean pick up the phone yeah (laughs) Yeah. i i wouldn't i the phone call is a last resort for me that it is 2018 we have we have ways of getting decent audio sent around the world in a very efficient way. Yes. Um, and phone call quality is kind of getting worse and worse because telcos are just trying to cram as much as they can into the existing line. So the call quality is going down and down and down. Um, so like we're actually talking to each other over FaceTime, you know, but we're recording our audio locally. Yep. So that's brilliant. There, yeah, like I said, Skype and there's other VoIP services. Um, I listened to a podcast the other day where the internet connection was so bad. They actually did phone each other on speakerphone, but they recorded their own audio locally with their own recorders and then synced it up later. Mm-hmm. And they actually pointed that out on the podcast. So, you know, it's 
yes, it's a little bit of time to set up a little bit of hassle, but it pays off. Yeah. That final product, it's, it takes it so much farther. Mm -hmm. Because again, bringing it back, back around to where we started, you know, you have one job and that's to make good sounding audio in in, in a podcast because you want people to listen and you're literally in their ears. Yeah. More likely than not. And so why not make it a pleasant experience for them? Uh, yeah. It's probably, it should be priority number one. That's for sure. Yeah. And then, and hopefully a light bulb's gone off for, you know, somebody listening that says, you know, oh yeah, I can't stand speaker phone calls. Yeah. Exactly. So, so like, so why would you think that that's acceptable? Yeah, exactly. You know, for somebody else to listen to. So yeah. Know thy user. Yes, exactly. Well, the bigger question is how would I enjoy this? Well, let's end on this then. When it comes to, so you gave me some feedback as a podcaster because I'm trying to create a podcast, but when it comes to just general creative, so just any type of creative, do you have some advice for them and what you've experienced? Yeah, don't be afraid to do it. I, I've, I've done very creative things, um, you know, whether it be, you know, like we talked about music, DJing, um, there is creativity to producing a radio show to some extent. There is definitely creativity in a, in a podcast and creating high quality sounding art. Um, but that also goes for other things like painting and, and writing and anything in the creative field, like, like chef, like, mm-hmm. you know, culin- culinary arts. So a thing that I personally struggled with a lot is just trying to accept my own work and also being very anxious and afraid to share Interesting, uh, because it, because it is such a personal thing. Yeah. And I, and I think that goes for anybody in the creative field. It is a very personal reflection mm-hmm. and, you know, you put it out publicly and it is very vulnerable, you know, putting your personal creation that you've done out to the world for judgment. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> and, and I'd say just don't be afraid to do it because you don't know unless you try and you'll only get better the more feedback you get and the more often you do it and so and so that you know i have a lot of creative friends and um and that's just something that i see is it's there's people that just need to find their creative sides and really dial that in and just continue to do it and just get in the habit of doing it too like i've started up again like trying to write more music and i've done this practice where i call the 12 minute beat where I just set a timer on my phone for 12 minutes and I have 12 minutes to just basically make a loop. Interesting. Just a little musical loop. And, and that's trying to get me back in the habit of of writing faster and refining my own process because uh, I used to not give myself restrictions when it came to work. Like it was just open-ended, right? Okay. But nothing ever got done. <laughs> right. Yeah. You have to have some structure. You know, you know, and I was never satisfied. Like, no, like, <laughs> of course was, not. You know, like if, if I kept a diary, it'd be like, you know, day 42 and I still can't get the snare to sound right. Right. Like, right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I just spend, spend so much time agonizing over the EQ of the snare and making sure the compression was right. But it would, it would never get it done. So, you know, just listen to other creatives and, and just reach out to other people, you know, mm-hmm. that, that's, you huge. know, are, that are, that are in, 
uh, you know, similar industries. And I've just the simplest of things uh, that people tell you end up being huge. So like one, like one musician friend of mine said, yeah, I give myself 24 hours and I think of it like a guillotine and there's a little timer on there. And once that egg timer comes off, the guillotine comes down and like, I need to stop. That's great. And if if the track is not finished, scrap it for parts and move on with your life. And that's been huge because now I have a big bank of material and different sound design elements and just other resources of my own work that I can pull from where if I'm working on a project, I'm like, Oh, you know, what would be really great here. I made that particular sound, you know, a while ago, Right, right. Go into them, go into my own sample library that you've essentially created and pull that into your current project. So, uh, and then, and just getting into the habit of just doing it every day. So like, I mean, 12 minutes is not a huge commitment, right? No. So, right. Uh, but now I'm, I'm, it's forcing you to not, if well, it's forcing me to not agonize over, is this right? It's, it's cutting out that and making me commit to just getting something good down and not second guess it. So no, that's a, that's a great strategy for sure. Because you will get caught up on the details in the granular mm -hmm. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And like, you know, like we were talking about earlier, you're just going to get better with time. Mm -hmm. And so you, yeah, you just need to practice, 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 (laughs) practice. (laughs) It's awesome that I mean, it rings but, true. But then also pull inspiration from uh, other creative outlets too. Like, you know, I'm 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 very aware of natural environments, and I'm wanting to explore that more because uh, whenever I'm working on music or even listening to music, I project myself into certain spaces where I can see certain landscapes, and I kind of get moods and elements and colors and kind of painting in my brain and trying to reflect those feelings back when I write something as weird as that sounds. No, it, it but, makes perfect sense. Know. Honestly, I, I'm right there yeah. with you. I've, I know <laughs> yeah. what you mean when you think of music or if you try to picture the sound or take classical music, for example, or something like you might mm-hmm. know what the instrument is. You might picture mm-hmm. somebody playing it, but I know mm-hmm. I'm there with you when it comes to like a landscape and, and responsive colors to the sound and everything. It's yeah. Like there's certain music that I listen to that immediately I think of like being in a fjord with like low fog and, mm-hmm. it, and it's that overcast gray that we know in the Pacific Northwest so well, right. You haven't right. seen the sun for two weeks and, uh, <laughs> and it's just that slightly damp. And then yep. there's the, and the steam coming off the evergreen trees, you know, and it's, it's, you know, the, if, if I can create that image and then, well, if I can imagine that and then hopefully translate that out to somebody else, then I've hopefully done my job, but yeah, it's, it's more, the, it's more the, it's more the mood than anything that, um, I want to get across. So. Right. Aaron, thank you so much for doing this. Thanks for uh, letting me track you down and dealing with the yeah. scheduling and everything. This is an awesome oh. episode. Well, no, Corbin, like uh, it's, it's awesome. You know, the, the idea behind your podcast, the Thanks. couple episodes that I've listened to have been great and just, you know, own inspiration myself. Yeah. Just awesome. draw inspiration from anywhere. It, you know, you can, you can learn something by watching a movie and, and bringing that into audio. Uh, you can, you know, cook an amazing meal for your family and maybe write about it. 
Real quick before you get out of here, why don't you tell everybody where they can find you or what how what's the best way to get a hold of you? Yeah. So uh, my website is Aaron Double Aaron A A R O N the dot tech. So um, yeah. So it's not dot com. So it's Aaron the dot tech. Um, and uh, people can reach out to me if they're wanting to start a podcast or have an existing podcast that they're like, you know what? I need an editor for this. Right. And I, I help with everything in terms of like even just kind of coaching people that have never done any mic presentation before, trying to get them started, as well as setting up all the back end stuff uh, in terms of how their podcasts get delivered. It's like, how, how do you get something onto Apple right. Podcasts? How yeah. do you get something into Stitcher? There's how a lot do of you steps get, involved, you know, for sure. There's, there's a lot of steps involved. So, you know, I take care of all the backend metadata stuff. Um, you know, how's this going to look on your website? How's, so, right. you know, it, it's, it's all that. And um, I'm more than happy to chat with people and, and see what happens from there. Uh, if you are into craft beer and want to learn about the Pacific Northwest, I do a podcast called the Cascadian Beer Podcast, and that's at cascadian.beer and also wherever you listen to podcasts. And then anybody that is at a company uh, thinking about, hmm, well, you know, how can we provide uh, some value added content to our clients and, and reach a wider audience can uh, also get a hold of me at JAR Audio. Uh, so that's J A R audio.com. So awesome. Great. Yeah. Well, thank you again. And thank you, everybody, for listening. And we will see you next time. Ah, called you out right there. You said everybody. I know. I was thinking that as I said it. I was like, what am I doing? Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. I might just leave this part in so that everybody knows you weren't going to let me slide with that. Yeah, no, I wasn't, I wasn't going to let you off the hook with that one. Awesome.